All right. You want to go ahead and read the thing? All right. Stop me if you've heard this one before. A woman in 1994, probably a yuppie, probably irresponsible, spills a cup of coffee on herself while speeding and weaving in and out of traffic. She says she didn't know the coffee would be hot and sues the people who sold her the coffee. Greedy lawyers, an easily manipulated jury, and an out-of-control civil court system awards her millions of dollars for spilling coffee on herself. She wasn't even hurt. Now tell me if you've heard this one. A 79-year-old grandmother is rushed to the hospital with second and third degree burns, burns so bad she needed skin grafts. The cause was a cup of superheated coffee at a temperature of nearly 200 degrees Fahrenheit, spilled in her lap when she tried to remove the lid to add cream and sugar. She wasn't driving, she was in the passenger seat, and the vehicle was parked. She sued the coffee provider, not just to cover the costs of her medical procedures, but to attempt to stop this from happening to anyone else. Over the course of the trial process, it would be discovered that not only did the corporation know their coffee was dangerous, but that it was intentionally so, with no plans to make things safer for their consumers. Before the trial even began, a concerted effort was made to discredit, delegitimize, and dismiss the injured woman's claims. She became a figure of ridicule for stand-up comedians, TV shows, and fodder for late-night talk show hosts. In the end, the so-called millions of dollars often attributed to her would also be a falsehood, and she lived the rest of her life disfigured and in pain. Her case would be held up by corporate interests as a frivolous lawsuit, a shining example of how the civil courts could be manipulated by unscrupulous and greedy people to attack corporations. The actual facts of her case show how important it is to maintain the American civil court system as it is sometimes the only way to hold massively wealthy entities responsible for their actions. On this episode of Relative Disasters, the fascinating, infuriating, and tragic case of Liebeck versus McDonald's Restaurants. Welcome to Relative Disasters, the show where my sister and I manage our existential dread by talking about terrible and interesting historical events, their context, implications, and any related sidebars we feel like discussing. I'm Greg, Chief Tort Baker at Relative Disasters Cafe. And I'm Ella. I'm the Chief Liquid Beverage Temperature Monitor at Relative Disasters Laboratories. Thanks so much for that horrifying story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one bothers me a lot because this is one that, that absolutely entered the public consciousness in a very calculated and deceitful mm -hmm. way, and it bothers me. So this is a story that's become so embedded in the popular consciousness that most people have heard about the case, <laughs> usually called the hot coffee case, without knowing anything about its particulars. Right. And it's such an easy target for people to make fun of, right? The, the jokes and lawsuits gone wild write themselves, which is too bad. Uh, because of its status in pop culture, it's become a very potent weapon in the hands of bad faith arguments to get rid of the ability uh, of the common folk to sue corporations if they're injured by that corporation. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever a consumer goes up against a corporation, this case gets trotted out and it's proved to be a frustratingly effective smokescreen. So here are the facts of the case. On February 27th, 1992, mm -hmm. Stella May Liebeck, a 79-year-old widow, 
uh, received her cup of coffee from the drive-thru window at the Gibson Boulevard McDonald's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. She was seated in the passenger seat of her grandson Chris's 1989 Ford Probe, which was a liftback sport coupe that, despite its mid-range luxury, uh, lacked cup holders. Yeah, you know, I uh, know that cars did not always come with cup holders, but thinking back to yeah. this, I'm like, you know, yeah, the cars that we were driving, well, not we, but our parents were driving around in the 90s, <laughs> were, they lacked cup holders. I mean, it was... Yeah. Uh, Cup holders weren't super standard. There might be one for the driver's side, but they weren't super standard. Do you remember the ones you used to have to like push on the dashboard and it would like come out on, you know, you'd push it and it'd be like, it was like, magic. yeah, but I remember like, what was that horrible minivan that our dad had? I love oh, that. God. I loved that minivan. Yeah, yeah, but that did not have cup holders. So if you had a hot drink, no. you would have to put it between your knees. Yep. Or you'd have to hold it the entire time. Or hold time it the and, entire time. Yeah. 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 Not cool. Not cool. So uh, her grandson pulled into a parking space mm-hmm. because it is very important that people understand that the car was fully parked and not in and motion. And she was not driving this it, all right? Happened. No, she was not. She was in the passenger right. seat. So he pulls into a parking space so that she can add cream and mm-hmm. sugar. Liebeck placed the cup between her knees and pulled off the lid. The action of pulling off the lid caused the coffee cup to tilt over and spill its entire contents mm. into her lap. So the introduction of 190 degree coffee, mm-hmm. uh, the temperature at which it was determined McDonald's kept their coffee, uh, to her legs caused immediate and permanent damage. She was wearing sweatpants, which absorbed the liquid and basically held it to her mm-hmm. legs as it burned oh, her. God. Her legs suffered second and third degree scalding burns, in some places melting away her skin and muscle tissue. I have to say, I looked at the pictures. Yeah, I there are pictures. Wish that I had not. These are like yeah. serious, serious burns. These are very, very bad burns. There's no way around that. And, and the pictures are in the public record because they had to be entered into evidence as part of this court mm-hmm. case. Liebeck went into shock on the way to the hospital, and she was hospitalized for over a week, having to receive skin grafts to repair the damage. Liebeck had also recently retired and moved to the area Mm -hmm. to be closer to her daughter. She was in no condition to care for herself, and her daughter had to stop going to work to provide care once her mother was home from the hospital. So... Liebeck and her family reached out to McDonald's and asked if they would pay a compensation of $20,000. That sounds low. It's, well, she just wanted enough to basically cover the medical costs. Uh 10,0 would cover the medical costs that she had already incurred that weren't covered by Medicare, Mm -hmm. so her out-of-pocket costs. And then another 10,000 for the estimated future medical costs and to replace the income that her daughter lost while having to care for her. I mean, that sounds sensible. Does that? It sounds reasonable, but there is the counter argument that McDonald's is under no obligation to give you money for any reason. And that if they did give her money, it, it could be viewed as an admission of guilt. So. Okay. But. However. <laughs> McDonald's does respond to of this. Course. They they make her an offer of eight hundred dollars. Now that's lower. That's a lot lower. Yes, that is that is exactly nineteen thousand two hundred dollars. That's lower. almost uh, insultingly low. It's to the layperson. To be to so. The layperson. No, it's it, there. There is a certain strategy okay. in it. Um, if you accept it, then 
you obviously weren't hurt that badly because 800 bucks is like what half an hour in an american hospital plus an aspirin uh, and and if you refuse mm-hmm. it then obviously you weren't hurt that badly because you know, you're refusing our generous offer to pay for your medical costs. There's so much wrong with that statement. And so, yeah, it's so Liebeck gets, Liebeck gets a oh, lawyer. Yeah. Uh, okay, she, good, good. She hires Texas attorney Reed Morgan. And the reason she hires Reed Morgan mm-hmm. is because he's done this before. In 1986, Morgan had represented another woman who had sued McDonald's for suffering third-degree burns from spilled coffee. Okay. Yeah. So, Morgan files a suit in the New Mexico District Court. Liebeck and Morgan made two more offers to McDonald's to settle before the case went to Mm -hmm. trial, and both offers were refused. And these offers were in escalating amounts. I believe the first one was ninety thousand, and the second one was three hundred thousand. I mean, you get a lawyer, but it was because those counts cost well, them up. It, it's also the fact that because they had filed suit, they got to go through the discovery process. Mm-hmm. And what Morgan was finding was an awful lot of paperwork that said McDonald's probably didn't want this to go to trial, but McDonald's refused to settle, so we go to trial. All right. So at the trial. Uh, McDonald's comes off as uncaring, negligent, and callous no. to the plight of those injured by their coffee. Not our Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Oh, God, that would have been great if they had one of their <laughs> spokesmen, like, show up in full clown regalia. I'm here to make you uh, smile. They did not have that presence of Bummer. mind. Uh, the discovery process was damning, mm-hmm. showing that McDonald's had had over 700 similar claims filed against mm. them including claims with the injured parties suffering third-degree burns. Uh, the other thing that shoots McDonald's in the foot was that the testimony from their, their officials mm-hmm. was just as bad, where on the stand they admit that their coffee is hazardous to drink at the temperature at which it is mm-hmm. served, and that they know, they have the paperwork, uh, that these temperatures can badly burn their customers and most importantly, that they have no plan to change said temperature or alter their behavior regarding the corporate guidelines for their coffee. Okay. Uh, they come off as particularly indifferent <laughs> when one of the McDonald's representatives testifies that the number of people injured, remember, over 700 lawsuits had been filed, let alone how many people had actually been <laughs> hurt. The number of people was statistically insignificant compared to the number of people who bought their coffee and weren't injured by it. So Okay, so they understand that they're serving their coffee too hot and they're willing to just yes. pay out these lawsuits and keep doing that and keep hurting people? They they don't actually seem willing to pay out any of the lawsuit. They do seem perfectly fine with the fact that people are getting hurt because again, this 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 whole thing of it's statistically insignificant compared to the number of people who bought their coffee. Mm-hmm. So by estimation, they had served, you know, 25 million cups of coffee per one person getting injured. Okay. And sure, that's a low ratio. However, what this calls to mind, for a similarly chilling response, I want to take a little sidebar. Yeah, sidebar, here. please. Okay. Do you remember the Ford Pinto? Uh, yes, one of our <laughs> finer cars. The Ford Pinto, <clears throat> for those of you who aren't familiar with this, uh, this was a model of car built by Ford that was a subcompact car and had a serious design flaw, okay? In a rear-end collision, the fuel tank had a high probability of becoming compromised and either bursting into flames or outright exploding. 
And that's not what you want in your car. It's not generally no, what you want. No, that's not what I look for vehicle, when I no. review the specs for a vehicle. Yeah. If Does I'm not explode should be at the top of the list. Yeah. Right. I want cup holders and does not explode. <laughs> cup holders, not explosive. Okay, good. Ford knew of this design flaw, uh-huh. but kept the vehicle on the market until an internal cost-benefit analysis memo was leaked and published. See, this is what makes me think we are in the end times and we should just not have capitalism <laughs> anymore because this is what it leads to. So let me let me get into this a little bit. So this memo was known as the Pinto Memo. <laughs> um, this is an analysis that weighs the cost of recalling and replacing the part versus the cost of the legal settlements with the families that those killed or injured by the exploding Pinto. It puts everything into mathematical terms. And it was found that it's cheaper to let the people die and pay the settlements Mm -hmm. than recall the cars and fix the problem. Now, (sighs) to be as fair as possible. I'm sorry. Do you want to be fair to Fort? I, in this one, I do. I do. I do. Because I just want to, to remind you, they possible, are not sponsoring this podcast, and we have already dragged them through the mud on the Fordlandia episode. <laughs> on Fordlandia, so that's true. they're probably never going to sponsor true. us. Uh, so please be... <laughs> I'm disturbingly fine Be brutally that. honest here. <laughs> well, here's the thing, but I do want to provide context, okay. because context is everything. Sure. This internal memo was not a formal statement of any actual policy of Ford's, okay? Mm -hmm. This was something done by the cost-benefit analysis department. This wasn't something that was like, well, cost-benefit analysis says it's cheaper, so we're going to do that. It It was just a CBA. However, the public perception that Ford considered an $11 part to be more expensive than a human life... Mm did a lot of damage and it embarrassed Ford into pulling the vehicle from the marketplace. I mean, if we have to put a value on a human life, I think most of it would place it above like $11. Above $11? Yeah, $11 yeah, seems that's, low. That's tricky. $11 to seems me, low. To me, it seems low. I don't know. So in much the same mm-hmm. way, McDonald's saying that because millions of people weren't injured by its scalding hot coffee, the thousand or so that were didn't matter. That didn't seem to sit too well with the jury in the Liebeck case. Now, the thing about juries <laughs> is that they're made up of people with human experience. People. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It's, it's difficult They can do some weird to, things. Uh, <laughs> they can. So at any rate, the jury found Morgan's arguments persuasive and the attorneys for McDonald's to be dismissive, using the principles of comparative negligence, mm-hmm. uh, which is an important legal principle, basically how much at fault somebody is in an accident okay. like this. Uh, they considered McDonald's to be 80% responsible for the incident since they knowingly and deliberately were selling coffee with the potential to injure their customers. And they found Liebeck 20% responsible, which reduced the compensatory damages from $200,000 to $160,000. Now, the jury also awarded her $2.7 million in punitive damages, and the way they came up with that figure was it was based on the revenue of two days' worth of McDonald's coffee sales. Sweet. I like that. Yeah. It doesn't happen. The presiding judge immediately reduced the punitive damages to $480,000, huh. which is what a judge is, you know, it's part of their judicial process. It's what they, they're supposed to do if they don't think that the punitive damages are fair. They're supposed to reduce or raise them. Okay. Uh, and McDonald's immediately files an appeal. <laughs> Finally... In December of 1994, McDonald's settled with Liebeck for an undisclosed amount, although most estimates put it at less than $500,000. Did they actually pay her that amount? Yes. Okay. 
So she did get the money for her hospital bills. She got some money. It, 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 it's an undisclosed sum. It's certainly a lot more than the 20000 she asked for at the beginning, and it's certainly a lot less than the you know, millions and millions of dollars people think she got. Right. So after the trial ended, the story took on a life of its own with a lot of news sources. Mm-hmm. ABC News, CBS News, running with the narrative that the lawsuit was frivolous, with their on-air contributors and reporters repeatedly misstating or omitting the facts of the case. It became fodder for the stand-up comics and late-night hosts of the 90s, which, all right, if I can just, that's lazy comedy, people. Like, the best stand-up comedy never punches down, and attacking a crippled 80-year-old seems like punching down. I don't know. Jay Leno got some good mileage out of it. Jay Leno is one of the worst offenders for this. <laughs> that was sarcastic if you... <laughs> oh, no, he got great mileage out of it. I don't think any of the jokes ha- happened, but he got fantastic mileage out of it. Yeah, he was particularly bad about this. And, like, an episode of Seinfeld made fun of it, all sorts okay, of stuff. Okay, I actually went back and watched that Seinfeld clip. Because... Yeah, it's really unsettling. I don't like it. It's set up like, you know, Kramer doesn't get hurt, and he's just got this, you know creepy lawyer who who is just wants him to sue people for a ton mm-hmm. of money which is the exact opposite of what happened here the thing that people like to gloss over is how injured stella lineback was right on seinfeld it's played as like a fun physical comedy bit where there's no real injury yeah. but there were serious injuries no oh, yeah and and the other thing is that while Liebeck became the quote-unquote woman who sued McDonald's over hot coffee. Mm -hmm. She is nowhere near the first and nowhere near the last person to sue McDonald's and a number of other, you know, hot drink providers for serving their drinks at a temperature that will cause severe damage to you if it gets spilled on you. There was one quote of somebody who's like, well, the people at McDonald's didn't throw it at her. (laughs) I mean, we're setting the bar real low there. (laughs) Yeah. And, And that's why... And that's, that's not also, what you want as a consumer. Well, and that's also why the jury was uh, instructed to use the principle of comparative negligence. Right. They did determine, and, and Liebeck never, you know, she was upfront about this. Yeah, you know, I spilled the coffee on myself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's fine. The point isn't that the coffee was spilled. The point is that molten liquid melted off her legs and she had no real expectation of that happening. You know what I mean? I mean, like, how would you? Yeah. Right? When, when somebody hands you a cup of coffee, you expect it to be a drink, not lava. And uh, it, it's just very frustrating. Anyway. Do you think that McDonald's had a defective product in that hot coffee? So that's the argument. The argument was that uh, the product was defective. And right. I understand why the jury wasn't particularly swayed by the defective argument as much Mm -hmm. as they were swayed by the dangerous argument. Right. Because coffee is coffee. If it were defective, it would have had like, you know, broken glass in it or something. If, if you order coffee more of the cup, like if you're selling 190 degree liquid, no matter what it is, it needs to be in a safer vessel. It needs to be in a safer. I mean, I, I took a look at the cup that, they had those in cups evidence. that they were using back then were pretty bad i, I mean, mean let's face it the 80s and 90s were a tough time for people trying to survive yep <laughs> we didn't have <laughs> styrofoam was prevalent 
<laughs> we didn't have the fun cups that you all have today. Um, <laughs> you kids with your cups, you got it so you easy. Kids, <laughs> you don't know how good you have it. Um, but it's <sighs> it's seriously like a paper cup with a, a flimsy little plastic lid. It's not. There's nothing about it that looks like it's not going to spill all over you. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not a terribly well designed cup. Uh, uh, let's let's say that Ronald uh, really let us down with that one. But the fact of the matter is that the lawsuit was not, despite what corporate interests would prefer you to believe, mm-hmm. frivolous. Exactly. No, definitely not. Stella Liebeck suffered an avoidable injury mm-hmm. due to McDonald's' lack of responsibility to its customers in providing a safe beverage. Right. A jury found the evidence as presented compelling and delivered a modest verdict of punishment to McDonald's, which the trial judge then reduced even further. They could have said $30 million. But they took a look at the math of two days of coffee revenue and figured that that was that was enough to get McDonald's attention to make them change the behavior. It turns out it obviously wasn't because the lack of any real damage to McDonald's is shown mm-hmm. by the fact that their coffee is reported to be served at the same temperature today as it was back then. Yep. More people continue to get scalded by it in some cases seriously, but... Comparatively few lawsuits are filed, uh, in part because of the public backlash to this case. Mm. McDonald's did enlarge the warning language on their hot beverage cups, though, so that's something. And the lids do attach differently now. They're Mm -hmm. a little bit easier to remove to pour in your creamer and sugar, but, you know, baby steps. Um, And there really is, I I don't ascribe to this personally, but there is a, a real dark sort of tone Mm -hmm. to a lot of this where people can very easily infer that you know mcdonald's really wanted to humiliate and damage this woman's reputation so they bought up a bunch of ad times on news programs and late night talk shows and here's the here's the end result now i don't believe that that's true um i couldn't really a scrap of (laughs) evidence well here's the thing i couldn't find any sources to back that up okay fair enough it certainly is something that worked out in mcdonald's's favor Mm -hmm. but mm. so this case became the poster child for frivolous lawsuits and gave new ammunition to the tort reform movement so now we're going to spend a few minutes to get into what an actual frivolous lawsuit is and why it's important to understand the distinction. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love suing people. I sue people as much as I possibly can. <laughs> as you know, I've sued you several times for yes, being annoying, being a, a little brother, very uh, trying to get our parents' affection away from me, bad <laughs> Christmas presents. Uh, so oh, I know Christmas what it's like. Were ugly. Yeah. <laughs> so I know what it's like to be on the defendant stand in a tort case, but. Uh, you're saying I shouldn't be doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't be, but our dear listeners probably should. Um, did you know people have actually sued each other over bad Christmas presents? I did find that while I was researching this case. The older I get, the less surprised I am by the petty behavior <laughs> of humans, my own behavior included. Oh, absolutely. So I know uh, that doesn't surprise me. So tort reform. Mm-hmm. is a broad topic and it's and it's certainly something that as soon as you say the words most people in the room their eyes will glaze over but <laughs> we're going to talk about it for just a second here sure because tort reform in the united states is to put it simply an attempt to put a cap on the amount of damages a plaintiff may be granted when they bring suit i mean we okay? do love our corporations here now the main argument for this is mm-hmm. that the lawsuits that are without merit 
are clogging up the court system, and this is the best way to cut down on those frivolous lawsuits. Sure. Right? And often, Liebeck v. McDonald's is brought up as an example. Now, the danger here is that lawsuits are often the only way that consumers have to fight back against major corporations, whether singly or as part of a class action. Right. Without the ability of people to hold corporations monetarily responsible for their actions, there is no incentive for a corporation to act in an ethical way. I don't begrudge anyone their right to make money, okay? I do have a problem with people who will knowingly endanger others if it means a 2.1% stock bump. That will bother me, okay? I mean, it seems like as regular citizens, we have very few protections yeah. uh, compared to the protections that are offered to say McDonald's Larger entities. and yeah. Ford just pulling yep. a few names out of the air. Sure. Tort is important. Is yeah. it not? It's incredibly important. Okay. And as we've seen in states that have passed tighter and tighter restrictions, mm -hmm. the one that always jumps out to me is if you purchase a pharmaceutical mm -hmm. and that pharmaceutical damages your heart mm -hmm. and because of the efforts of tort reform in your state or on a federal level, if this keeps happening the way it's happening, the max amount that you are allowed to sue for is $40,000. See, that's, that doesn't seem like enough. Not at all. And that's not enough to not only compensate you for the damage, mm -hmm. but pay your medical costs going forward. That's the thing <laughs> that... Um, is a our out-of-the-country listeners may not know, but in America, we are often <laughs> liable for <laughs> massive hospital bills yes. should you be hurt or injured yes. or sick. It is customary in the United States to not call an ambulance for someone unless you ask them first, because that is the most expensive taxi ride you will ever take in your life. It's a proud heritage getting screwed over by hospitals and pharmaceutical companies. We uh, cling to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're very proud of it. We're very proud. So there are other aspects to tort reform. It's a very big umbrella that covers a lot of things. In particular, uh, libel and defamation lawsuits <laughs> probably do need a stronger look. Sure. But when you hear about people, quote, abusing the legal system to make a quick buck, end quote, that's not, it's simply not the case. There is a dangerous misconception that is fostered and spread by people looking to profit off of bad faith arguments mm -hmm. uh, that if someone suffers a trivial injury, they can manipulate the legal system and win the lottery. The United States justice system, for all of its many flaws, mm -hmm. does have a very good system of checks and balances to weed out and dismiss lawsuits that are without merit. Sure. And to ensure that damages that are awarded in genuine lawsuits are generally fair and based on the injury suffered, okay? Mm -hmm. Most meritless lawsuits are dismissed with prejudice as soon as they get in front of a judge. And people who repeatedly file them can find themselves in legal hot water, if you'll pardon the expression. And oh, was that a coffee pun? It, it shouldn't have been. I, uh, I just want to pause and appreciate that. That was really good. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that to my grave. And lawyers who repeatedly bring these sort of bad faith frivolous lawsuits mm -hmm. can even find themselves disbarred so sure. most lawyers who aren't you know even if they are in it to make a quick buck they're not going to bring a case to court if they don't think it's a real case because they could suffer the consequences right it's one of those things that gets held up as like this is a real problem that needs a drastic solution and it really 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 
is not this widespread plague that people will try to get you to think it is. Mm. Especially when they reference, you know, spill hot coffee on yourself, win $30 million. If only. So Stella Liebeck Mm -hmm. passed away in 2004 at the age of 91. Stella. Uh, Her daughter was quoted as saying that her mother's quality of life never recovered. Of course. The ridicule that their family faced continues to this day. The money that they were finally awarded from the settlement was nearly entirely spent on a live-in nurse to provide the care that Stella needed due to her injuries. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's horrible. So what should have been a case of compensation for injury became a public humiliation for the injured woman and and a very effective threat against anyone else who would try to take on a powerful corporation. If they'll do that to a horrifically scarred 79-year-old widow, Mm -hmm. just imagine what they'll do to you if you try to speak up. And it's been very effective. Overall findings uh, for these sort of lawsuits Mm -hmm. have uh, been effectively crippled over the last two decades. Mm -hmm. Some states in the United States have passed some very strict tort reform laws that basically mean that you could get an arm chopped off by a corporate representative and it's not even worth the court fees to try to get anything back for it. I'm just going to picture the Hamburglar doing that because I've always thought he looked dangerous. Are you saying that if the Hamburglar chops my arm off, I I have to take it? I have to be like, thank you, Mr. Hamburglar. <laughs> can I have a bun to, like, try to stop Where, the bleeding? Can I have some McNuggets or? <laughs> no, you get no McNuggets. There will be no compensation. So. Horrifying. It's just, okay. it's a really, it's a really depressing subject. And I get why a lot of people don't like to talk about it. And on a personal note, mm-hmm. this subject really bothers me because I remember when this story came out, and mm. I remember, I remember the the narrative that was being pushed so hard, and I remember being like, what a horrible woman. And I, now that I know what actually happened, I feel terrible about that. I feel nothing but empathy for this woman, mm. and I... I feel awful that her name is now permanently connected with this type of lawsuit because that's not something that she ever asked for, deserved, or, you know, she was just trying to get her medical bills covered by the people who injured her. Yeah, to me, the saddest part is that she was trying to prevent this from happening to anyone else, and it just clearly... No, it did not matter. ...has not done that, yeah. No. And, and that's, you know, I, I, I've had a lot of, you know, people that I, I've spoken with about this be like, well, you know, that sucks. That's just the American legal system. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it doesn't need to be our, our criminal justice system is really messed up, but our civil system is not bad. The only problem is that our civil system can very quickly become a court of public opinion thing. Mm -hmm. And if you are one person against somebody who owns multiple ad agencies, Mm -hmm. you have no way of winning that fight. So. Oh, ending on a real high note here, Greg. Yeah, I'm doing great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a lot of places serve hot coffee. 
Are there any yep. regulations regulating the temperatures that you get those coffees or the containers that they're served in? That I do not know. I don't know if there's like a federal statute. I do know that there is what's called an industry standard. Mm -hmm. But the industry standard is to keep your coffee at 180 to 190 degrees. I can't be the only person who has like burned their tongue on something and gone. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> Why yeah. do they serve it so hot? <laughs> so... Interestingly enough, that did come up during the trial, uh -huh. and the two responses that McDonald's gave was that one, their customers expected to be that hot, and two, they serve a lot of people who are driving to work, mm -hmm. so it's that hot, so that by the time they get to work, it will still be nice and toasty. Okay, I don't like either of those. No, those are both pretty weaselly explanations, and and the other thing is that and this is the one that I dislike the most. Mm -hmm. Well, if you don't like it, just order an iced coffee. I don't like that either. I, right. I'm, I live in a cold that climate. Was, and <laughs> to, be, to be completely clear, that was not an opinion put forward by McDonald's. That was an opinion that has emerged. I'm having like then. a visceral reaction to that. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, it's like, incredibly unfair. Like a hairball. No, no. Yeah, that's not. Iced coffee would kill me works. during some months of the year. So. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Now, of course, McDonald's is not alone. Many, many, many other uh, hot beverage places have been sued for having their beverages too hot. There's Starbucks, a, a, cough, Starbucks. a recent case. Uh -huh. There was a very recent case involving Starbucks, and that case was dismissed out of hand. Was he drinking a double macchiato at the time? I do not have that information, but I would guess no. I Go back to your sources and find out, because... <laughs> I've got getting a little flavor there of uh, and, some conspiracy. And the thing is, is that since this lawsuit, which remember, Liebeck technically won, mm -hmm. it has become much, much, much harder to sue a, a food provider that injures a customer in this way simply because of the immense cultural pressure that they put on this story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just not how it should be. We are trusting people like McDonald's to serve us safe food. Yeah. Um, a lot of times if you are shopping at McDonald's, it's because you don't have an option for anything yep. else for whatever reason. Yep. And it is pretty disgusting that they are not held to just like basic health and safety standards. Now, not burning your customers with third yeah. degree burns seems like a basic bar that we could all rise above <laughs> if we held hands and tried together. I don't know. Maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but what do I you mean, think? I do. I do want to be clear that they are held to basic health and safety standards. It's just that this isn't one of them. Okay, but <laughs> shouldn't it be one of them, or am I just like, missing something? No. Okay. No, you're not missing anything. This is. This is. Outright I didn't gross. think I was, Greg, but I now I'm feeling like this is not the maybe way the that problem it is be. me, not McDonald's, and that's not how I should feel. Uh, this is a really depressing story. Thank you for yeah, it is a really depressing thank story. Thank you for making you, me think about coffee in a negative way. Can I can I end it with an actual silly example of a frivolous lawsuit? I would love that. Okay. So um because I don't want to get sued and this guy's super litigious, I'm not going to name names. But uh, there was a guy <laughs> okay. who dropped off a pair of pants at a dry cleaner. Always a good first step. The dry cleaners presented him with his clean pair of pants, which he refused to take ownership of, saying that those weren't his pants, mm -hmm. and then sued them for $67 million 
for emotional distress and the loss of his pants. I mean, my pants cost that much, so I don't really see the problem there. Now, the nice thing is this was a case of our our system working, even though uh, it wasn't immediately dismissed as without merit. Um, <laughs> you know that judge it, just passed it on to see what would happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of feel like the judge did. But, the judge called up the other um, judges and he was like, I have got a you story guys check for this you. Out. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so even though it wasn't immediately dismissed as meritless, it did go to trial. The trial lasted seven days, and uh, the judge's deliberation took less than an hour to return <laughs> the uh, the judgment uh, against the pant owner yeah. uh, and for the dry cleaners. Good. But because this gentleman is so litigious, he's been filing appeals and suits and countersuits against just about everybody involved anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. So it does end on a downer note. He did drive the dry cleaners out of business with all the lawsuits, but you it's tried. a silly story until you that tried. point. <laughs> uh, the $67 million pants was a real a real high point for this episode for me personally. Took a big swing. Took a big swing and missed. <laughs> no, not at all. I think you should feel good about about the dry cleaning lawsuit. Anyway. Maybe they were special pants. I don't know. I mean, they could have been literally made out of gold and it would not have cost that much money. Well, did they talk about labels? I'm just trying That's to imagine true. the most That's expensive true. pants that I know of. I honestly can't get above a few thousand dollars. Maybe they were like NASA moon pants. Moon pants. Those have to be expensive. So that's it. That's the story of Liebeck v. McDonald's. Uh, I hate it. Stella Liebeck deserved so much better. McDonald's, you should not be burning people with your coffee. And then uh, burning people with your public relations teams. (laughs) That is even... No, it's not worse, but it's... I think think the only saving grace is, is thank goodness this took place before the era of Twitter. See? Can you imagine the social media damage they would have done to this woman? I kind of think that Twitter and Reddit and the internet is smart enough to figure out that McDonald's is not necessarily in the right. No. I I think I'm a little more optimistic than you are in that case. No. Some parts of Twitter would have sorted it. You're right. Oh, God, this is so depressing. Okay. (laughs) Great, Greg. Thanks so much. Uh, Thanks. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. (laughs) All right. Although we give you slightly exaggerated credentials at the top of the show, we do fact-check our stories in an effort to give you the best disaster experience possible. If you'd like to read more about our sources, a complete bibliography is available in our show notes. If we got anything wrong, please let us know. You can do that by emailing us at relative.disasters at gmail.com, or if you'd like to shame us publicly, and we know you do, why not use our Instagram at relative.disasters. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relative Disasters. We hope you've enjoyed the story and the discussion, and please join us next time for another strange, dangerous, and interesting event from history. My sister has selected our next disaster. What's it going to be, Ella? Well, I got a question for you, Greg. Okay. Do you like to vote? Yes. Uh, You don't have to tell me your party affiliation, but if you were voting in an election and a representative of the opposite party Mm -hmm. told you that... uh, you should probably leave town before the election. Would you pay attention to them? Oh my goodness. Hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd cast my vote and run. Or wait, am I running against them? No, no, no. I'm no. just voting. I'm You're just, just voting. voting. Yeah, as a okay. male landowner. Ooh. Yikes. 
That's this seems sketch. What, what what are we talking about? Okay, what if they told you there was a volcano in the mix? Okay, okay, okay. Would you still vote? Would you hang around for the election, or would you book it out of town? Hmm, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's I need a tough to see one, some right? Evidence of the volcano. <laughs> You're gonna have to think about it for a week. If I'm gonna give up my civil <laughs> right of voting, I would need to know that that volcano is real. Okay, let me throw something else in the mix, though. There's okay. a huge party. The night before the election. That I care less about, but... Okay, it doesn't work on you because you're not a party person, but for me, the party would be... Okay. We're going to talk about the 1902 <laughs> eruption of Mount Pele in Martinique in the French West Indies, oh. uh, which happened at the worst okay. possible time and killed 30,000 people. All right. Well, that sounds like an amazing disaster, and I can't wait to talk about it with you. <laughs> 